This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. All right, all right. Who's excited to be in the house of God tonight? Hey, if you need a Bible and you want to have a Bible that you can look at, that you can turn to the scriptures with me, would you just lift up your hands and our amazing team of ushers will hand you a Bible if anybody would like to use one for the service. And once you get your Bible, if you would go to the book of Proverbs chapter 11. And as we turn to Proverbs 11, I'm gonna take up tonight's tithes and offerings. This is one of my favorite scriptures as it pertains to giving because you ever notice that the kingdom of God is, is really backwards from the rest of the world? A lot of times it seems counterintuitive. Like if you wanna be first, you've gotta be last. If you wanna find your life, you've gotta lose your life. And this is another situation like that. Turn to Proverbs 11, and we're in verse 24. It says, one person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly or keeps what he has, but comes to poverty. See, in the, in the world, if you wanna keep your money and you wanna invest and you wanna get richer, then you better take it all in. But in the kingdom of God, it says when you give freely, that's when you become richer. And you know what's amazing? I don't believe that's just talking about earthly riches. I believe that's talking about rich in blessings, rich in provision, rich in joy and peace, rich in all those things that we actually need as the people of God. So give freely and be a cheerful giver. Let's pray over our tithes and offerings. Father, we thank you so much that you have commanded us in your word. Thank you that you have given us instruction and you've told us that we are to give freely. So Lord, help us to be obedient to your word. Help us to do what you've commanded and called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, some really cool things happening. On Wednesday nights, all through the summer, June, July, and August, you're gonna be hearing from all sorts of different teachers. And we're all gonna teach the same series and it's called Thrive. So if you're taking notes, you can write that down. Before I get started though, we have something that we're gonna do a little bit special tonight. And if you have the YouVersion Bible app, all of the notes and the scriptures for tonight are loaded in there for you so you can follow along with me. I'm gonna give you a little bit of time to get that ready. So if you don't have the YouVersion app, the first step, is to download that app. So you can go to the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, and you can download the app. And it's called Bible. If you search version, it's the first one that comes up. You might be able to search Bible and it'll come up. But it looks just like that. And so you wanna download that app. Once you've got it, say, I got it. Step two. It's really easy. If you haven't downloaded the app yet, you'll get these. It's really easy. If you open up your Bible app, on the bottom right-hand corner, you'll see the three little lines and it says more. You wanna click on that button that says more. We can go to step three. Once you click more, there'll be this list of things that come up. Right in the middle is one that's called events. That's what we're having tonight, I guess, it's an event. So you click on the events button. It's got the little location icon, it says events. And then once you click that, step four, you should see, because you're in the building, you should see one called Faith Church, and then you'll see underneath it says Thrive, Spiritual Health Week One. 
That's where you click, and then all of the notes, all of the scriptures, everything for tonight will pop up right there on your app. You can also add your own notes in if there's something that the Lord speaks to you and you wanna write it down and remember it, and your app will save all these notes for you. Our goal here is that throughout the series, all summer long, you would be able to look back and see all of your Thrive notes so that you can remember what the Lord spoke to your heart throughout the whole series, okay? So I'm gonna start off tonight with our Thrive series And we're gonna talk about what I believe is the foundation. The whole theme of this series is wholeness in every area of your life. You could also say health in every area of your life or prosperity in every area of your life. When we say those types of words like health, you probably automatically think physical health. When I say prosperity, you may automatically think financial prosperity. But our goal is for you to have health, wholeness, and prosperity in every area of your life. So we'll start with spiritual health tonight. We're gonna go to physical health. We're gonna talk about financial health. We're gonna talk about mental health, emotional health. We're gonna talk about relational health, having healthy relationships, healthy boundaries, and healthy families. And that's gonna be this whole summer, so make sure you come every Wednesday. And if you miss, make sure to catch it on live stream. Okay, I want you to turn to the book of 3 John. 3 John is way, way in the back of the New Testament, almost to the end of the Bible. The book of 3 John is only one chapter long. And we're gonna read verse two. 3 John, verse two, is gonna be the theme scripture for the entire series. And here's what 3 John 2 says. I'm gonna read it out of the Passion Translation. And it says, beloved friends, I pray that you are prospering in every way and that you continually enjoy good health just as your soul prospers. See, we're not talking about just physical health, physical wholeness, we're talking about our soul, everything about us. Relationships, emotional, mental, financial, everything that is, that is part of us, we want wholeness in that area. The word for prosper here in the Greek, if you look up that word in the Greek language, it's euodao. Everybody say euodao. And euodao means this, to grant a prosperous, an expeditious journey. Expeditious means done with speed and efficiency. So you get the idea, instead of wandering around, going this way and this way, you know the right path. The other definition of euodao is to lead by a direct and an easy way. If you could think in your life, is there any area in your life where you feel like, man, I'm just wandering in the wilderness? It's like I turn this way and that's not the way I should be going, so I turn this way and that's not the way I should be going. It feels like I'm hitting roadblocks over and over and over again. And some of these statements may describe you, but when in 3 John, when John writes, I want you to prosper in every way as your soul prospers, he's saying, I want your journey to be direct and on the easy path. Not meaning that your life would be free of difficulty or trial, because Jesus himself said, in this world you will have hardship, but take heart for I've overcome the world. So we talk about prosperity in every area of our lives. We're wanting God's path, God's plan, the the direct path, and that we would stop making our own decisions going this way and that way, but we're following God's path for our lives, and that's different for every one of us. So why are we starting with spiritual health? Well, I believe that spiritual health is the foundation. See, all of us, we are a spirit. Your spirit is who you are. You have a soul and you live in a body, but at the end of all of this, when we're all in eternity together, 
Our spirit is what will live on. We are a spirit. And so this is the foundation, and we want wholeness spiritually. So I want you to, as we learn about being spiritually healthy, I'm gonna correlate it to being physically healthy because that's something that we can see and that we can know. I want you to think of somebody you know that is physically fit, and you can see it on the outside. I was eating at a restaurant the other day with my family, and the guy comes to bring our food, and he he was behind me. And so I'm eating, or getting ready to eat, getting all my utensils out and everything, and this guy says, here is your food. I look behind me, and this dude is yoked. He is massive, and you can, this guy, he's not one that you're like, hey, do you work out? No, he was like six foot, 14 inches, I think. His arms were like the size of my whole body. I mean, this guy was huge. And that's when I think of physically fit, I'm like, I wanna look like that guy. It'll probably never happen since I'm five foot, not very much. But that you, when you think of physical fitness, you can picture somebody in your mind or you can picture what you think somebody that's physically fit looks like. And I want by the end of tonight, I want you to be able to have a picture in your mind of what it means to be spiritually fit, to be spiritually healthy. So somebody that's physically fit, what do they have to do in order to be that way? What do they have to do in order to be physically fit? I mean, that guy was born and he grew up to be six foot a million, I get that. But what did he, get to, or what did he have to do to get those muscles? Well, the first thing that people do to be physically fit is they exercise. For some of us, that's a cuss word. See, when you physically exercise, it's, it's hard work. It, it doesn't come natural. It takes self-discipline. A lot of times you have to wake up earlier than you would really wanna wake up. You have to put in work when you really wish you could just sit on the couch. See, I used to be in pretty good shape. I did CrossFit for a long time. That was a few years ago. And now I'm not in shape at all. If I started to run, I would get out of breath before I got to the back door. But people, if if they're physically fit, that means that they have to exercise. So what's a spiritual application? See, when you're physically fit, that means you're gonna spend time in the gym training. I want you to turn to the book of 1 Timothy, and we're gonna be in chapter four. If people are physically fit, if they're physically in shape, that means they have to put work in at the gym. They have to put work in while they're training, while they're making their body stronger. And so the spiritual application, we're talking about spiritual health tonight. I've gotta spend dedicated, consistent, intentional time with the Lord. See, look what Paul says to Timothy. We're gonna be in 1 Timothy chapter four, and we're gonna start in verse seven. And Paul says to Timothy, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales, rather, Train yourself to be godly. And in my Bible, I circled that word yourself. Because Timothy, that means he had to do something. Paul didn't say to him, hey, make sure you let God train you to do what you need to do. He said, Timothy, train yourself to be godly. Train yourself, put in the work. Look at what he says next, verse eight. For physical training is of some value, but godliness is has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Paul's saying, hey, it's good to be physically fit, but when you train yourself for godliness, that holds benefits right here on earth and in eternity. Verse nine, 
This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. That is why we labor and strive. Remember, it's not easy. It's not just gonna come because you want it to. If we wanna be spiritually healthy, we gotta put the work in to train ourselves. We have to labor, we have to strive because we have put our hope in the living God who is the savior of all people and especially of those who believe. See, Paul's encouraging Timothy. He's exhorting Timothy and he's saying, Timothy, physical training takes work and it's important, but what's more important is that you train yourself to be godly. And I think he used the word train on purpose. When we're training, we put in work every single day. Can you imagine somebody saying, hey, I'm training for a marathon, and you say, oh wow, what are you doing to train for your marathon? Oh, once a week I go out for a jog. No, if you're training for a marathon, then every single day you're putting work in. You're training your body to be able to do what you're gonna need to do at the end of it all. Training. So how do we spiritually train ourselves? How do we be spiritually healthy? I believe it's two parts. First, we spend consistent time in the word of God. Just like if you're training to run a marathon, you've gotta run every day. We're training to be godly. We've gotta be in the word every day. It can't just be a Sunday morning, Wednesday night. That's not gonna get you there. That's not gonna get you to be spiritually healthy, to be trained for godliness. It's gotta be a daily discipline. And yes, it's a discipline. Because a lot of times, some of us would say, I hate to read. And so for you, just reading the Bible is difficult. Some of you would say, I don't have time. And so for you, carving out time, making time in your day, sacrificing something else, that's difficult. For some of you would say, I don't even know where to read. I don't know where to start. When I read it, it doesn't even make sense. Well, the Bible says that who can know the heart of a person except that person's spirit? And then it says, so who could know God's heart except God's spirit? And the Holy Spirit is the revealer of all things. So the Holy Spirit will help you. But when we carve out time, here's what I do in my personal life. In order for me to train myself to be godly, I know I've gotta stay in the word every single day. It's gotta be a discipline. And I have three small children that are loud and that take up all the rest of my time when I'm not at work. And some of you might be in that boat. And so for me, if I'm gonna get consistent time in the word, I have to wake up earlier than the rest of my family. Now, when I was in high school and college, I would have said I'm the opposite of a morning person. Actually, when I used to drive my brother and I to school, he wasn't allowed to talk to me. I would get so mad if he just like said, hey, how's it going? I was not a morning person. But again, train yourself to be godly. And so now I wake up at six and I get in the word every single day. And it's a discipline. Some days the alarm goes off and I'd rather stay in bed. But I gotta realize that if I'm gonna be spiritually healthy, I've gotta be consistent. That snooze button's not gonna get me to be spiritually healthy. What's gonna make me spiritually healthy is if I get in the word. Another area that we need to be disciplined to train ourselves in is prayer. You wanna know God's heart for you. You wanna know what he wants you to do, where he wants you to go. You wanna hear him speaking to you and giving you his peace. We live in a crazy world. So how do I do that? Well, you get into a position and in a posture where you can listen to the heart of God, and that's prayer. Prayer is a conversation. If, if all you ever do when you pray is just talk, 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 then how are you listening? See, it's a discipline to sit and be still and again, make time to be in the presence of God every day. 
So maybe for you, that's at night before you go to bed and you have intentional time with Jesus. I would recommend start with 10 minutes and say this 10 minutes every day from from 9.15 to 9.25 every night, I'm spending time in Jesus' presence. I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna bring my concerns before him. The Bible says cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. That's an invitation that a lot of us pass up. And if we would just take time to pray, cast our cares on God, tell him how good he is, tell him how thankful we are, our spirit would begin to be healthier and stronger. That's a way we can train ourselves to be godly. So just like a person exercises physically, they train themselves, they're in the gym every day, we've gotta train ourselves to be godly in the word and praying every day. And that's up to you. What time can you do it? What can you carve out of your schedule? Can you take half of your lunch break every day and and spend time praying? Can you get up earlier than you usually do and spend time in the word? What is it for you? And the Lord will help you. He'll give you wisdom and direction, but start to train yourself. So the second thing that a person does if they're physically healthy, they've gotta train themselves, they've gotta be in the gym, they gotta exercise, but the second thing is they have to eat healthy. So you can be in the gym for two hours a day, but if all you eat is rise and shine donuts and all you drink is Dr. Pepper, you're probably not gonna be in the best shape of your life. So it takes eating healthy also. And you're thinking, how in the world is this gonna have a spiritual application? I'm so glad you asked. Turn to the book of John, chapter four. This is probably my favorite point because Jesus is kind of funny. I'm gonna show you why he's funny. There's things in the Bible where you're like, Jesus, why did you do that? It's funny, but why did you do it? So John 4, we're talking about eating healthy food. If someone's physically healthy, they consistently eat food that is nutritious for them, and they consistently deny themselves of food that is not nutritious for them. Junk food, that food that we all really like to eat. Those people that you can look and they're really in shape, they don't eat it. So John 4, our spiritual application is this. Our verse is John 4, 34, but I'm gonna start in verse 31 just because Jesus is funny. So meanwhile, Jesus' disciples urged him, Rabbi, that just means teacher. They're telling him, teacher, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? I mean, Jesus knew what they were gonna think, but he's like, I've got food that you guys don't even know about. They probably think he has Twinkies in his, in his robe or something. He says, I've got food that you know nothing about. Here's our spiritual application. My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Jesus said, my food, the thing that gives me spiritual nourishment, the thing that makes me spiritually strong on the inside is when I obey God. And I wanna ask you, and I have to ask myself, this is a question of self-reflection. If you had to rate yourself on how well you obey God in your life, what grade would you get? For some of us, that may sting a little. Maybe you know of a specific circumstance or a specific situation where you knew what God wanted you to do and you didn't do it. Jesus said, that's my food. When I do the will of God, when I do what he's called me to do, when I do what he tells me to do, that nourishes me spiritually. And so there's two ways that we obey God. The first, we have to obey God in his general will. God's general will is his will for all of us. Do you know where you can find the full, complete will of God, general will? It's right here. All of us are called to follow every word of this. 
This is God's general will and it applies to every single one of us. If you find it in here where it tells you to do something, do it and your spirit will be nourished. This Bible tells me to bring my tithe into the storehouse. So it's my responsibility to obey and I'm nourished. This Bible tells me to love my enemies. And so when people are wrong to me, I'm called to pray for them and love them. And when I do that, I'm spiritually nourished. This Bible tells me to forgive those who do wrong against me. So when I do that, I'm spiritually nourished. I'm eating healthy food because I'm obeying the will of God. And again, just like we said a second ago, if you're not training yourself, if you're not in this word every day, how are you gonna know what it says? In order to obey God's will, you gotta know what this word says. The second way that we have to obey the will of God, though, is his specific will for us. See, he's got a different plan for Cole in his life than he does for me in my life. And he's got a different plan for James than he does for me because God has a specific plan. He says, all the days ordained for you were written in my book before one of them came to be. He's got a plan for you. How do I find that out? Through prayer, through asking him, Lord Jesus, I feel like you're leading me to do something. Tell me what it is. When you, when you buy a house, there's a lot of people buying houses right now. Have you thought to ask, God, is this house your will for me? And he may say yes, and he may say no, and he may say not yet. And he's gonna speak to you in that still, small voice, like it talks about when, whenever Elijah was in the cave. There's gonna be a peace in your heart when you're going the way that God wants you to go, and there's gonna be a yuck in your spirit when you're not going in his way. He'll lead you, guide you. When you're making decisions in your life, inquire of God, ask him. You know, there's the story of, of King David in Ziklag, and these raiders come and they, they destroy a city, they burn it to the ground, they take every woman, every child, and they run away with them. And then David and his men come back from battle and they see that their wives, their children, their possessions are totally gone and their city's been burned to the ground. If I'm in that situation, I'm going after somebody, right? But David, even in that situation where the answer seems very clear to me, go get your family back, he stopped and he inquired of the Lord. And he took time to pray and say, Lord, what am I supposed to do here? Through his tears, through his wailing and his weeping. And God said, pursue, overtake, and recover all. And David obeyed and that's exactly what happened. See, we've gotta inquire of God because he has a specific will for you. And when you do the will of your father, that's like eating healthy food. It builds up your spirit. So the first thing, you gotta exercise, you gotta train yourself to be godly, stay in the word, stay in prayer. The second thing, you've gotta eat spiritually healthy food. You have to do the will of your Father in heaven. God will speak to you if you will open up your mind, if you'll open up your heart, and if you'll listen and obey. He's a speaking God. He will speak to you, you just gotta listen. My wife and I were both at the women's conference two years ago. I go to the women's conference because I play guitar. That's the only reason. Otherwise, I stay out of their way. But two years ago, there, we were in a worship set at Awaken Women's Conference. And my wife came up to me after the service and she said, I've gotta tell you something. Now, I knew what she was gonna say because the Lord had also spoken to me at the same time. He needed to because my wife and I had decided that our two kids were very difficult to raise and, and take care of and that that was probably all the kids that we needed to have. Two was enough. And so she came to me and she said, I've, I've got something that I need to tell you. I said, we're supposed to have another baby. 
She was like, mm-hmm. God had spoken clearly to both of us at the same time, and so we had a choice to make. That didn't sound too fun to me at the time, but God said, and so we obeyed, and now Abigail Joy is like the greatest baby in the history of the world. She brings so much joy to everyone who even just looks at her, and God has plans and purposes for her life because we were obedient, and that's God's specific will. God's specific will for you may not be to have three kids. It may be like my parents, and his will for them was to have nine kids. I spend time praying at night that that's not his will for me. (laughs) But God's got a specific will for you. Open up your heart, listen to him, be still and listen, pray, get in his word, and obey. So the last thing that people who are physically healthy do, they exercise, they eat healthy food, and they drink a lot of water. I saw somebody the other day, and they had this, I mean, it looked like a gallon of water. It was a huge water bottle. It had these marks on it with times, like 10 a.m., 12 p.m., 2 p.m., and I think it even had encouragements on there, like, you're crushing it. You're so hydrated, each one. And that's what the people do. They know that they're supposed to intake a certain amount of water for their body to function well, and so they drink lots of water. How does this apply spiritually? Look at John chapter 7. Our body's made up of like mostly water and I've tried the uh, coffee tea only liquid and you just don't feel good when that happens. Your body needs water. You can survive like, I don't know what it is, 40, 50 days without food or something like that but you can only survive three to four days without water before your body literally shuts down. We have to have water. So water in the Bible, this is our spiritual application. Water is often a symbol for the Holy Spirit. And look at the words of Jesus. In John chapter seven, we're going to verse 37. On the last and the greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and he said in a loud voice, let anyone, say anyone. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Now imagine, again, we talked about how Jesus is funny. He's at this festival the last day and he stands up in front of the crowd and he says, hey, is anybody thirsty? Come over here and get a drink. And they're probably thinking, the drinks are over there on the table. What's this guy talking about? He says, let them come to me and drink. Then verse 38, he says, whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Rivers of living water are welling up on the inside. And I imagine this to be like a flood, like a rushing water. Verse 39, in case you didn't get that the symbol for water was the Holy Spirit, makes it very clear. He says, by this, he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. See, this is before Jesus died and was raised from the dead. When Jesus was glorified, that was when he rose from the dead. And we live in a time right now where the Spirit is that river of living water on the inside of us. That time is right now, and you get to live in it. And the Bible says that if you, like men, people, humans who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, it says, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? It's as simple as asking, and the Holy Spirit will come on the inside of you. The Bible calls the Holy Spirit our helper, I don't know about you, but I need a helper every day. The Bible calls the Holy Spirit our guide. 
It says he's our counselor. He's our comforter. He's the revealer of truth. It is hard to figure out what's true and what's not true in our society right now. You can find any news article, any website that says this thing and then another one that says the exact opposite. Only one of them's true. Which one is it? Who knows? But the Holy Spirit is the revealer of truth and he will reveal the truth to you. We need living water to survive. In order to be healthy spiritually, we can't go without the Holy Spirit. We need his help. We need his guidance. We need his, 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 him to reveal the truth to us. And we need to ask God to give him to us. You know what the great thing about the Holy Spirit is? Turn to Galatians chapter five. The Bible calls the Holy Spirit all of these things. He tells us who he is. It tells us what he does, what he does for us. The Holy Spirit will speak to you. He will help you. The Bible even says he's our advocate. He's for you. See, all of this stuff that we're talking about today, being spiritually healthy, it's gonna take self-discipline. Now that, that you're an adult, well, most of you, nobody wakes you up in the morning anymore. You set your alarm and you take care of business. And nobody makes you eat your vegetables anymore. I make my kids eat vegetables I, I put some on their plate. I make them at least try it. Nobody does that for you anymore. Nobody makes you drink lots of water. Nobody makes you exercise. You have to be self-disciplined, and even more so with our spiritual health. No one's gonna make you read your Bible every day. No one's gonna make you pray. No one's gonna make you obey God. We have a free will, but it requires self-discipline. I am naturally not a self-disciplined person. It, previously in my life, the Lord's done some things in me in the last few years. But when I was in my early 20s, if there was cookies, like a plate of cookies, I was like, I'm gonna have one. And then eight cookies later, I'm feeling kind of sick. Like, I was the snooze button king of the universe. I was like, I'm gonna wake up tomorrow and work out, set my alarm for six, and it's nine o'clock and I'm late for work because I snoozed for three hours. Like, naturally, I am not gifted in self-discipline. But there's, a, there's good news for all of us in this scripture. Look in Galatians, we're in chapter five. Verse 22. But the fruit of who? The Spirit. Is love, joy, peace, forbearance, which is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. See, it's God's grace that allows us to be self-controlled. We can't do it on our own ability. We can't do it in our own power. But God sent us the Holy Spirit, and one of the fruits that the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you, one of the fruits that there's living water welling up on the inside of you is self-control. And so for me, whenever I turned 31, I was leading up to my birthday, living life as normal, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he began to, to tell me, he said, I want you for one full year to not eat any sweets at all. I told you I'm the cookie guy. I would eat multiple desserts in a day. I love soda, sweet tea, it's all so good. And he would begin, and I would say, there's no way that's God, I'm not doing that. So leading up to my birthday, he would tell me, start on your birthday for a full year, don't eat sweets. 
And so then I would start to say, okay, I'm pretty sure the Lord's speaking to me. I think I even talked to my wife and said, I'm pretty sure the Lord's telling me this, but I need like confirmation. But it was so strong on the inside of my heart, that peace that the Holy Spirit was leading me not to eat sweets for a year. So my birthday came, I stopped eating sweets. And I went a full year. And at first it was the hardest thing ever. But for, with the power of the Holy Spirit, I did it. I made it to 32 and for a year I didn't eat sweets. I felt really good. And then I looked back on that year and realized there is no chance I could have done that in my own ability. Like that was not me. I am not naturally self-disciplined. But the Holy Spirit revealed himself to me as the, giving me the fruit of self-discipline. And now in my life, I'm able to wake up at six whenever used to, I would snooze all the time because the Holy Spirit has given me self-discipline. And the Holy Spirit will give you self-discipline. Ask him for it. Ask him for the fruit of self-discipline that you would be spiritually healthy. So to be spiritually healthy, we've gotta train ourselves to be godly in the word and in prayer. We've gotta eat healthy, which means we're doing the will of God. We're obeying his general will and we're obeying his specific will for our lives. And we've gotta drink plenty of water. We've gotta have the Holy Spirit, that river of living water on the inside of us. See, fitness is hard. It doesn't come naturally. It requires strict discipline, dedication, and it requires sacrifice. I'm not gonna do this stuff because I need to do this stuff. You don't notice the results right away, but after a while it becomes evident on the outside what you've been working on on the inside. And just like I looked at that guy that was at the restaurant and I said, that would be great to look like that. I'm not willing to put in the work that he put in to get there. And some of us have that thought, I, I, I wanna be like that. That would be nice. Well, it would be nice to look like that. But are you willing to put in the work that they put in to get there? Same thing with our spiritual health. You put the work in. You train yourself to be godly. You get in the word and you pray and you obey God and you let the Holy Spirit on the inside. And it won't happen overnight. But after a while, people are gonna start to notice that spiritual health on you. And on the outside, you're gonna be different. And you're gonna feel different. And just like me, that year was hard, but the Holy Spirit told me that he's the one that gives me self-discipline and now he's able to walk me through in other areas of my life. And I wanna be spiritually healthy and I wanna put the work in. And then people will, will want to be as spiritually healthy as you are, but are they willing to put the work in that you're gonna have to put in to be spiritually healthy? See, why, why is this so important? Think of an athlete, and as they're training for a competition, they put in extra work getting ready for competition. They put in extra time in the gym. They eat extra healthy. They drink more water because they're training for something. And you and I are training for something. The other thing about training and getting ready for a competition is that athletes hardly ever, if ever, do it alone. When you're training, you have training partners, people that are working out with you, and you have training coaches, people that are telling you, hey, your form's a, a little bit off here, we need to fix this and adjust it so that you can be the best that you can be. So spiritually, who are our training partners and who are our coaches? You're sitting in the room with them. It's the church. See, we were never designed to do life alone. We were never designed to be on this journey of spiritual health by ourselves. We were designed to do it with each other. Training partners and coaches working together to be spiritually healthy. Look at Psalms 92. 
Psalm chapter 92. And this is a promise that we've got to get a hold of, especially in today's time. Psalm 92, verse 12. It says, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. You don't think about a palm tree? It'll bend, but it doesn't break. Palm trees are strong. They can withstand hurricane force winds. It says, you'll flourish like a palm tree. You will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. And then it says, they will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. The key there is verse 13. Planted in the house of God. Put your roots down in the house of God. Don't be one of those people that comes every three or four weeks. And don't be one of those people that as soon as something happens that you're kind of like, ah, I don't know about that, you, you skip churches. Now, God will definitely call you to move churches at times. And he will position you in different places for different seasons. But we're called to stay planted where God has called us to be. And we need to stay planted in the house of God so that we can flourish and be strong like that palm tree. It's important to be spiritually healthy. It's important to train for a goal because we are in a battle. And the last verse, and I'm gonna let you go in about one and a half minutes, is Ephesians chapter six. Ephesians chapter six. This is why we've gotta be spiritually healthy. This is the reason we've gotta train and obey God and have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us because we are in a war. First, or Ephesians chapter six and verse 12. It says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, it's not against people, but it's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Train yourself so that when evil comes, you can stand your ground. After you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the belt, breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and request. Be alert, always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. You see everything that we talked about right there. Train yourself so that you can stand firm. We're in a fight, we're in a battle, we're in a war. And if you're not spiritually healthy, then the enemy looks at you and you look scrawny and malnourished. But we want whenever the enemy sees us to be strong, to be courageous in our spirits, that we've trained for this. We know that the enemy will attack us, but we also know the one who has overcome the evil one. And we fight from a place of victory. Yes. Pastor Stormy always says this. He says, when you need faith, it's too late to get it. Wow. So my last encouragement to you is spend time today, tomorrow, the next day. Be consistent. Build up your faith by training yourself to be godly. I love you so much. I'm gonna pray over you and then I'm gonna dismiss you. Father, I thank you so much that you've made it clear in your word that we're to train ourselves to be godly. So Lord, I pray over everyone under the sound of my voice, everyone on live stream, that you would help us to grow spiritually healthy, 
Help us to put the work in that we need to put in in order to grow and get stronger and to train to be ready for the battles at hand. Lord, we are your warriors, we are your army, and you have equipped us to be spiritually healthy and ready for whatever comes our way. Thank you that you never leave us, that you never forsake us, that you always are by our side. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, if you have questions or if you need prayer for anything, I'll be right down here after service. God bless you guys. We love you, and we'll see you on Sunday. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.